Welcome to the Harvest Community Church Ohio podcast. Our passion is to welcome and care for wounded and hurting people where they are in their journey so that they may find purpose and joy in a relationship with Jesus Christ. We hope that you are blessed by listening today. Thank you for joining us, and God bless. Continuing our series this morning in the Gospel of John titled The Light of the World, Jesus Christ, the Light of the World. And today we'll be hearing some of Jesus' final words to as a public exhortation. And I would think if I said to you, okay, uh, God said to me, God told me that this was your last week in this world. And uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity, because God told me this was your last week in this world, I'm going to give you an opportunity to come up here and say some things that you feel are important, that you want everyone to hear in your church family before you leave this week. Well, first, after you got over the initial shock, you <laughs> think about what you would say. Well, what, what, if I could stand up in public and give a final, this is what it's all about, what would I say? And so I want you to think about that. That's what we're hearing from Jesus. This is, these are, we're going to hear two public exhortations, and this is it. And you're like, but wait, we're only in John chapter 12. That's right, because the rest of the book is about his time with his disciples, his private time with them. But this is the last time he'll speak to the public and say, hey, listen, world, this is what you need to know. This is what you need to be aware of. This is how you need to live. This is what it's all about. And basically, the content of his message is this, choose life and light. Choose, this is the title of the message, choose life and light. Choose life and light. And I think of the words of Moses in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. And so with that, would you please open up to John chapter 12, verses 32 to 50. That's where we're going to hear these final public exhortations from Jesus. John chapter 12, verses 32 to 50. And if you need a Bible, we've got Bibles for you. We've got Dave and, uh, there we go, Brian, have Bibles or pens or notes. Just raise your hand, they'll get you what you need. And you're going to want to open up to John chapter 12, the Gospel of John. And... Uh, encourage you to take some notes there too. And this is it. Jesus is like, he's laying it out. Hey, listen to me. This is what you need to know. These are no idle words. Hear them and receive them. John chapter 12, verses 32 to 50. And if you look up on the screen, you're going to see my prayer, that I, the prayer that I wrote for the day. Just going to read it first. We'll pray in a moment as people are shuffling around, finding their place in John chapter 12. That's okay. Do that. I'm not praying right now. I'm just reading through. Dear Lord Jesus, of course, I address our God. You are our powerful Messiah. You left heaven to take on a body that could be a sin offering for us. It's through your death and shed blood, as we talked about in communion, that we're forgiven. And your resurrection from the dead demonstrated all that you were victorious in your conquering of sin and death. He's a mighty God, right? Mighty God. 
Praise you, Savior, for your great rescue of us from hell. Amen to that. Let's go ahead and pray that prayer right now. Dear Lord Jesus, you are a powerful Messiah. Lord, you left heaven to take on a body that could be a sin offering for us. It's through your death and shed blood that our sins are forgiven. And your resurrection from the dead demonstrated to all that you were victorious. You conquered sin and death. Praise you, Savior, for your great rescue of us from hell. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, would you please stand with me now as we read the Word of God? Would you please stand in honor of the Word of God? And we're going to be reading uh, verses 32 to 50 of John chapter 12. And Jesus said this, And I, when I'm lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So the crowd answered him, We've heard from the law that Christ remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who, who is the Son of Man? So Jesus said to them, the light is among you for a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become sons of the light. When Jesus had said these things, he departed and hid himself from them. Though he had done so many signs before them, they still did not believe in him so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Lord, who's believed what we've heard, what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Therefore, they could not believe. For again, he said from Isaiah, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart and turn, and I would heal them. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory and spoke of him. Nevertheless, many of the authorities, many of the leaders believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so that they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. And Jesus cried out again and said, Whoever believes in me believes in me, but in him who sent me. And whoever sees me sees him who sent me. I have come into the world as light so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. If anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him. For I did not come to judge the world, but to save the world. The one who rejects me and does not receive my words has a judge. The word that I've spoken will judge him on the last day. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me has himself given me a commandment, what to say and what to speak. And I know that this commandment is eternal life. I know that this commandment is eternal life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father has told me. Dear Lord, please teach us today what you want us to learn from your word. Please open up our hearts and minds, I pray in your name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Hey, uh, Keith, do, do these lights, are these lights on a dimmer? Do they go up brighter? I hope they do. Otherwise, I'm going to have to get my, read, <laughs> my reading glasses. Oh, thank you. Praise the Lord. I can see the light. I choose light and life. Amen. <laughs> All right. All right, verse 32. Here we go. 
let's begin. Let's go ahead and walk back through the notes, or excuse me, your notes and the, and the passage together and, and see what we can learn from Jesus here. He says, and I, when I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. He said this to show by what kind of death he was going to die. So here we have a little bit of review from last week because Jesus, he's referring to that death on the cross. We talked about this last week, this verse a little bit. And Listen, before, before there could be a drawing of people, there had to be a death. Before there could be a drawing of people, there had to be a death. So go ahead and write this down. Here's the first observation that we're going to make, and it's, it's a little bit of review here. It says this, before we can lead others to Jesus, we must daily die to self and live for him. What's true of our Savior is true of us, right? So that begins with salvation. Jesus, I receive you as my Savior. But then Jesus says we're to go walk on in that, to daily pick up our cross, to die to self. I'm leaving my wants, my desires, I'm leaving that all behind, and I'm pursuing what he wants. No turning back, no turning back. And this reminds me of that quote with that we talked about last week, so I, I put it up on, on the screen here for you. It's in your notes. But look, before there can be resurrection power and fruitfulness surging through our lives, there has to be death to self. Do you understand that? There has to be death to self. Leaving our passions and desires behind and saying, God, I love what you love and I want what you want. I hate what you hate. I want what you want for me. Not, I love what I want and I hate what I hate and it's all about me and what I, no, it's not about you, it's about him. And that's where we have to get to. And when we die to self, we'll begin to draw all kinds of people to us for, uh, you know, people of every tribe, language, and nation. I know that God's given me the opportunity. I led a friend of mine not to see to Christ, Japanese guy. I think I asked him what, like 100 times, right, honey? And then finally one day he goes, I go, Atusi, you ready? And I'm expecting to hear no again because he was, he's, he was into Shintoism. But eventually one day he said, yes, I am. And I was like, what? About four or five years ago he called me up and he said, my daughter's ready to receive Jesus. I want you to talk to her, didn't he, honey? I've never heard Atusi cry. He got on the phone. He goes, I'm crying. <laughs> Led my friend Dario to Christ. He's from Italy. Dario. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told you this, but I don't want to offend you, but hey, the, the, and he goes, what? Yes. We need these kinds of offenses all the time. Tell me. I want, to re- I want to know. And he received Jesus and brought Wendy and I over to Italy. I was a part of his wedding. I was his first witness, which is like his best man. It was awesome. And, and, I, and one summer led 30 people to Christ on Maui. So I have no idea. Maybe some of them experienced this tragedy and this fire. I don't know. But God has given me that opportunity. He'll give you that opportunity too when you embrace him to lead people from every tribe, tongue, and nation to him. And look at verse 34. So the crowd answered him, hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. We, we just threw palm branches down on the ground before you the other day. Remember? triumphal entry. We just worshiped you like you're the Messiah. Wait a minute. And we know from the Bible, we know from what we study in the Bible and the Hebrew scriptures that is, we know what we study that the Christ remains, the Messiah remains forever. How can you say that the Son of Man will, must be lifted up? 
you know, expression for the cross. Who is the Son of Man? Because if, it, if you're dying, it certainly isn't you. It's got to be somebody else. Tell us. And they didn't understand the passages in Scripture. They didn't know their word the way that they should. They weren't taught the way that they should have been taught to understand that, yes, they knew that the Son of Man meant Messiah, and they knew that Jesus was saying, apparently, that he was going to be dying, he was going to be leaving, but they didn't know these passages. They didn't know Isaiah 53. They didn't know Psalm 22, clear passages. These are, there are many others, but these are clear passages that you can write down and study on your own that, that talk about how the Messiah will have to die. His first coming, he'll be the Lamb, listen, the Lamb of God. His second coming, which is imminent soon will he'll be the lion of judah and so we need to understand that and as you read that understand it know it here number two write this down a true test of whether or not look those are there's a go back there's the passages we isaiah 50 go back a second there, there are the passages write those down isaiah 53 and psalm 22 if Wait, go ahead, go ahead back, just a second, Deanna. Go ahead and write those down. I encourage you later on your own to just read through those and, and see, and, and, and you'll be amazed. You'll be like, wait, how, how did these Jewish leaders, and how did they miss this and not teach this to their people? And then here's number two. Write this down, number two. A true test of whether or not we've died to self and have yielded to the Holy Spirit is found in our ability to understand the word of God. A true test of whether or not we've died to self, remember I talked about that, hey, we've got to die to self and then daily pick up our cross, is do we understand this word, the word of God? Do we know the Bible? Do we understand it? That's how you can know. If you're sitting here today and you're like, I, I, I read the, word, the Bible and it's just, it doesn't make sense to me at all. I would ha encourage you to really think, have I taken that step where I've embraced Christ as my Savior? If you're, if you're saying, Pastor, without a doubt I've done that. I have done that. Then I would encourage you to get somebody that you know who understands the Bible and ask them, will you meet with me weekly and disciple me and help me to understand it even more? Now, you're like, well, how, how come you would question your salvation? Because when you and I receive Christ, we have then the Holy Spirit living in us. These, these people, the, these people before Christ's death on the cross, they didn't have the Holy Spirit. You and I can embrace Christ as our Savior, and Jesus says, then I will give you the Holy Spirit living in you. And look what the Holy Spirit will do for us. In John 16, 13, Jesus tells us this. When the Spirit of truth comes, and lives in you, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. He'll let you know what the word of God's all about. He'll speak to you. He'll let you understand it and help you to understand it when you and I have the Holy Spirit living in us. We'll look at verse 35. So Jesus said to them, Listen, the light's among you for a little while, just a little while longer, then I'm, I'm going away. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. 
Jesus is telling them that they need to listen to him and embrace him. These are his final words. Listen to me. Embrace me. Receive me. Listen. Because if you don't, you're going to walk in Satan's darkness. And when you walk in Satan's darkness, listen, you stumble with no guidance, no help, no protection, no understanding of what reality is. The upside-down world's all twisted around. You, and you have no real purpose, no real meaning. But when you embrace Christ, he gives you guidance. Thank you, Jesus. He gives you help. I need you. Help me. He gives you protection. He watches over you. Nothing can touch you until he says, this is your day. This is your time. It's time to leave this world. He gives you understanding of reality. And he gives you real purpose or meaning. Look at this, verse 36. Here, here's that real purpose or meaning. While you have the light, believe in the light, that you may become, listen, sons of the light, sons and daughters of the light. Well, what does that mean? Well, look, that means that not only do you receive the light, but you reflect the light. Look at this, number three, write this down. When we receive the light of truth or truth of Christ into our lives, we are called to reflect that light out into the world. Jesus Christ is the light of the world, right? He's like the sun. He's the source. He's the source. You and I are to be like the moon and reflect the light. That's what we're to be like. I, I heard a story about, uh, we'll just call him the barbershop guy, okay? The barbershop guy. And uh, this is a guy who, uh, before Christ, was just really angry. You know, if you'd upset him, you know, kind of guy who, road rage, kind of guy, that kind of guy, you know? Don't cross him. Don't mess. Well, the barbershop guy got saved. Praise the Lord. Still struggled with his anger, but he went in this one time to get a haircut. And the gal, young gal who was cutting his hair cut his ear. Uh-oh. You know, typically he would have gotten angry, thrown a fit, walked out, that kind of thing. But on this occasion, he was kind. And... Forgiving, And the young lady finished the haircut, and she did a good job. And so he gave her a tip, and he thanked her, and he walked away. And as he was walking away, he said, Jesus, can I always be the barbershop guy? Not the other guy. Can I always be the barbershop guy shining your light? So let's keep this in mind. As we go from this place today, you and I are not only to receive the light today, but we're also to let that light shine through us to others and out into the world. And now let's go back to the scripture. Look, Jesus, it says, when Jesus had said these things, he miraculously hid himself. He departed. He, he, he you know, he, it was a miracle. He hid himself. He walked away. He was done. All right, I'm done. And I mean, I don't know about you, but if I'm standing there and somebody tells me some things and all of a sudden he disappears, I think I would be like, Hey, I think what that guy said was true. Wouldn't you? But not these people. Though he had done many signs before them. I mean, in the Gospels, in the four, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there's about 35 to 40 miracles listed there of Jesus. Okay, But know this. On a number of occasions, it says that multitudes came to him and he healed them all. So Jesus did so many miracles. That's why John says, man, all the things he did, if we wrote them down, there aren't enough, there's not enough space in this world to hold all that he's done. And 
And it says that he did many signs before them, and they still did not believe in him, so that the words spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Listen to this. This comes from Isaiah 53. We mentioned Isaiah 53 a couple times today. Lord, who has believed what we heard from, who has, excuse me, Lord, who has believed what he heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? Again, a direct reference to Isaiah 53 about how the suffering uh, servant would come in the Messiah, and he would die. He would be the Lamb of God in his first coming. It's his second coming when he'll be the mighty Lion of Judah. And, and, and their unbelief, as we can see, even though Jesus did many miracles, their unbelief was prophesied, prophesied and expected by Jesus. But here we talked about him as the Lamb of God. Well, here he is represented by Isaiah. Look at verse 39. Isaiah wants us to know, too, he's not only the Lamb of God, he's the Lion, the mighty Lion of Judah. Take a look at this. Therefore, they could not believe, for again, Isaiah said, he has blinded their eyes and hardened their heart, lest they see with their eyes and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. So the people are sitting there going, wait a minute, what? Uh, Okay, you're talking about Isaiah chapter 6 now? You talked about Isaiah 53, the suffering, and you're saying you're going to suffer, but now you're talking about Isaiah 6. Well, this is where Isaiah had a miraculous encounter with Almighty God, Yahweh, in the temple. And you're saying, wait, Jesus, you're saying you and the Yahweh are one and the same? Is that what, is that what you're... Here, look at this, Isaiah 6.1. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up. And the train of his robe filled the temple. Okay, what's the visible part of God? Is it the Holy Spirit? I mean, it says the Holy Spirit descended like a dove, and so there was something they saw there. Well, no, but the Holy Spirit's a what? Spirit. And God the Father is, Jesus says God the Father is spirit. So wait a minute, whenever there's a visible expression of God in the Bible, even like this massive God, Yahweh, whose train was so large it filled the temple, even that visible expression is Jesus? Yes. You mean the burning bush, that was Jesus? Yes. The one who said, I am that I am? Yes. Look it up, it's in Jude says so in Jude. That's Jesus. Visible expressions of God. Mighty are Jesus. And so Jesus wants us to know that he's almighty God. The two are one. Different persons, but one in essence. And we need to understand that. And he's revealing this. Look at verse 41. Isaiah said these things because he saw his glory, Jesus' glory, the Messiah's glory, and spoke of him. Suffering servant, almighty God. Write this down, number four. Our almighty God, you, you know, I've got mighty there. You could put almighty. Our almighty God willingly sacrifices life on the cross so that we could escape sin and death. We talked about that today. His body, his blood, so that we could be cleansed and we can enter heaven and not dirty heaven with our sin, but we could be cleansed of our sin. Thank you, Jesus. 
And, we said, and as we read there, many, many rejected him. Many didn't believe in him. But there were those that did. Look at this. Look at this. And many of the leaders, nevertheless, verse 42, many, even of the authorities, believed in him. But for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it, so they would not be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. So write this down, number four. Number four, the eternal approval of God is way of way more value than the temporary approval of man. Write that down. The eternal approval of God is way more valuable than the temporary approval of man. Are you more concerned with what people think than you are what God thinks of you? Are you, are you way more concerned of what people think than of what God thinks of you? We need to see others as simply shadows where the real deal is God. There's a guy I recently heard of. His name's Rabbi Zev Poret. P-O-R-A-T. Rabbi Zev. I don't know if I'm saying it. Poret or Poret. Something like that. But uh, uh, he... he, he uh, wrote a book, Unmasking the Chaldean Spirit, and a friend of mine was telling me about this. He said, this guy was part of the Sanhedrin, modern-day Sanhedrin, and his grandfather, very well-to-do, his grandfather found out that he was entertaining Christ as his Messiah, Jesus as his Messiah. And his grandfather wrote to him and said, listen, son, grandson, listen, I'm not gonna touch my will if you let me know that Jesus is, not your Messiah, that you're, not, that you're gonna walk away from him. I'm not gonna touch my will. But if, if you don't, uh, you know, reject him and turn from him, then uh, that $40 million in my will that's supposed to go to you, I'll send it elsewhere. He said to him then, Grandfather, let that go elsewhere because Jesus is my Messiah. Wow. How about you and me? What, we, what would we have done? I'd, I'd hope that we'd do the same, that Jesus would be what we treasure most and we wouldn't, we'd understand what he's done for us and that we'd listen and receive him. And so Jesus had disappeared, but then here he comes. He's back on the scene. This is his final exhortation verse 44 let's listen closely and Jesus cried out not that he was crying but he shouted out this listen whoever believes in me believes not in me but in him who sent me and whoever sees me sees him who sent me here Jesus wanted to make the union between he and the father clear not that they are there's only one there are two persons in one the Trinity, we have the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the three in one. But he wanted them to understand their close union and that what, what he says is what God says. I remember, you know, as a little boy, I think with my siblings, I'd be, you're not the boss of me, you know, kind of thing. And I've heard my kids say, that, hey, stop, you're not the boss of me. My you're not my parent. And uh, so it's like if you said to Jesus, well, you're not the boss of me. Well, Jesus could say, well, I'm. United with the one who is, 
the one who has all authority, because it's about authority, and he says he wants them to know it's all about him. And this is what he's telling you. This is what you need to do. Don't come before him and say, I didn't know. You know, give me a break. You can't. Jesus is making it clear. And look at verse 46. I've come into the world as light, so that whoever believes in me may not remain in darkness. Are you in darkness? Jesus wants to set you free from darkness. He wants to give you a future and a hope with, 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 with him and not judgment. And speaking of judgment, speaking of what's to come, we need to understand judgment is coming. Listen, he says this, if anyone hears my words, verse 47, if anyone hears my words and does not keep them, I do not judge him, for I do not come to judge the world but to save the world. Now, you need to understand that. We need to embrace this. We've touched on it a lot. We've, we've spoken of it, but here, number five, write this down. Look, Jesus could have judged the world from heaven. He didn't have to come to earth. Instead, he took on a body that could bleed and die to be a sin offering for us. Do you understand that? It isn't Jesus' blood and what he did on the cross plus my good works or my money or the people I know or my contacts or how well I do with anything that I do. No, it's all about him. He came and took on a body that could bleed and die for us. And he's not here to judge us. He's here to save us. He came to save us. And we need to know that. It speaks it, this truth in his word. His word reveals it. And so that's why we need to know what's in the, don't get to heaven to be, well, I didn't, I didn't know. It's here. It's here. It's in this book. It's so very important, his word, that Jesus said this. Look what Jesus said. Here's how important the word is. The one who rejects me does not receive my words. Okay. They have a judge. Well, who's the judge? The word that I've spoken will judge him on the last day. The one who rejects me does not receive my words has a judge. Well, who is that judge? The word that I've spoken will judge him on the last day. What's in here is what will judge you. And you need to know what's in his word and what he speaks and what he wants us to know because what he wants us to know isn't for our demise. It's for our good. There's a message in this book. We can either receive it or reject it. What is the message? What is the desire of the Father? Well, look, here it is as we come to the close. For I have not spoken on my own authority, but the Father who sent me. These, are, these words come from God the Father. Listen. Has himself given me a commandment of what to say and what to speak. And I know that his commandment, listen, his commandment is eternal life, not just quantity, on and on and on, but quality, eternal and abundant life. What I say, therefore, I say as the Father's told me. He wants all of us to experience eternal and abundant life. This was his final exhortation. Listen to me. Embrace the light. Don't walk in darkness, he said. So what will you do? Because if God brought you here today, it's not so that he can judge you, so that you can receive his truth, so that you can believe and receive his truth about what he did for you on the cross. His commandment is eternal life, so choose life. Choose light. I think again of Moses' words, Deuteronomy 30, 19. 
I call heaven and earth to witness against you today. This is very personal. It's like God's talking to you. That I've set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore, choose life that you and your offspring may live. You're here today, and you've never received Jesus Christ as your Savior. You've never, you know, kind of like Bobby came to Lauren and said, will you be mine and give yourself to me? And Lauren said, yes, I will. And then a ring was given. You've never had a moment. Well, yeah, I've just kind of always believed it. No, 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 no. You, you, you need a moment where you sense Christ saying, will you be mine? And you, you, you say, I give myself to you. I surrender. You need a moment of surrender. You need that moment. You need it. If you've never had that, you can do that today, right here and now. If you have received him as Savior, are you opening your mouth and telling others? Are you? Because Jesus is coming back. He is. He said so. So please tell others the truth. Open your mouth. Speak. Don't be an undercover Christian like those leaders were in the synagogue. 